And good morning. This is Eric Rollins, the Constitutionalist, here on 1550 KXCX, the best talk in town. Today I am joined by Congressional Candidate Amy Fan West. She is from Southern California. It's a new district. And I think you're going to like to hear what this woman has to say. Um, but first, we always deal with our opportunities to get involved. It's not enough to listen to a show. It does matter that you speak to your family, your neighbors. But getting out and getting involved, I think, is what the difference maker is. If you value freedom, guess what? All of those freedoms come with a price. And I think part of that price is that you need to go out and get involved. And it is nice to vote. You absolutely should vote. You should encourage others to vote. But there's a lot more you could do, even if it's just little things, even if it's donate a small amount of money to a candidate, even if it's just, okay, I'm going to make 40 phone calls for a candidate. Or I'm going to go to a medical freedom rally and I'm going to just hold a sign for an hour. All of those things make a difference. We have several events. The first one's kind of fun. The Dollar Monthly is having a fundraiser. Dollar Monthly is a local Kingsburg newspaper. Kind of has a conservative bent. But they're fair. They have about a 7,000 distribution. And their fundraiser is a dinner. It's going to be a 1920s style, kind of a speakeasy. There'll be gambling. There's dinner and dancing. If you just want to do dinner and dancing, it is $50. If you want the gambling also, it's $100 per person. It is Saturday night, March 12th from 6 to 10 p.m. at 2321 Sierra Street. That is Kingsburg's historic park. Uh, There'll be docent tours from 6 to 630 should be a lot of fun. Uh, I hope I get to meet a lot of you there. Sunday, all of you know we have this ongoing issue with the Tower Theater and people not wanting the church to legally purchase a piece of property. So at 8 a.m., we have kind of counter-protesters to the hard, crazy left that they're not even polite. They're not even Christian. They brag about how they're Satanists, things like that. They're just crazy. We need to support those people. Uh, Also Sunday from 2 to 4, so March 13th at Blackstone and Nice, we have a medical freedom rally. The numbers have been up a little bit lately. This is an important issue. That's kind of in front of Lazy Dog. Get out there. Monday night, we normally have a Constitutionalist for California Clovis meeting No meeting Monday night. I would encourage you to go to one of the following two events. The first one is a movie largely about critical race theory at Manchester Center. And that is at 7 p.m. And I think it's, it's worth going. The other one is a central committee meeting for the Fresno GOP at Redeemer Lutheran Church at 6 Here's an opportunity for us to go out and meet our representatives that are on the Central Committee. Make sure that they actually believe in conservatism, or they shouldn't be there, at least from my perspective. I'm not a, a big tent. There's a, there's a certain list of people, that, a certain list of things, not necessarily people, that for me to take you seriously, you have to check off certain boxes. And that doesn't mean that I couldn't work with somebody, but to represent the GOP, maybe you should be something else if, if you're just a rhino. Final event, 
Tulare County is having a freedom rally. And this is in Tulare at Zumwald Park. This is Saturday, 319, so March 19th from 12 to 3. That's 400 East Tulare Avenue. Should be a bunch of folks just like Fresno County. Tulare County has a whole lot of people that care about freedom. If we can make contact and meet with those people, we're stronger together. So I would encourage you to get out there, meet some people, realize we're, our, our county isn't unique. My guest today is from another county, or her, her two districts are in two different counties, and kind of an amazingly small district when we look at districts up here. That doesn't mean small in number of people. I just mean a geographic area. I would like to go ahead and introduce my guest, Amy Van Ruest. You are running for the 47th Congressional District. Yes, that's correct. Uh, Eric, thank you so much for having me on today. Really appreciate that. And I'm excited to share my campaign, my story, and and a, to get a solution to save California, to save America. Absolutely. Absolutely. So tell me a little bit about where your district is. I know it's partially Orange County and partially L.A. County. So it's Long Beach, Westminster, kind of in that area. Actually, you know what? The new 47th district consists of all of Orange County. So oh, we have okay. all the beach city. Uh, we have um, Seal Beach, which we have the base there, the military base. We have Huntington Beach, Newport Beach, Laguna Beach, and then we have all of Costa Mesa and Irvine. So I was looking at an old map. Yes, that was an old map from uh, uh, 10 years. Basically, every 10 years, they redistrict. So that was the old 47th district. So you're only in, in Orange County now? Exactly, okay. exactly. And it's uh, still conservative, and that's a good thing. So this seat is uh, basically a D plus three, and uh, mean demographic advantage by 3%. So it's very uh, winnable versus the Nancy Pelosi, a D plus 64 or 65 I've got friends in Westminster, and, and something that kind of impressed me, it says a whole lot about your community. Um, I, I was down visiting, and here were three signs for candidates, and they were all running for the same position, and they all had Vietnamese last names. And I was like, wow, awesome. Somebody's getting involved. That was kind of encouraging right. to me. Right. Absolutely. I, I've realized that the Asian community are rising up because they understand, you know, what they left, what they fled from a communist regime. And so they're just trying to get involved to represent the freedom and liberty the best way that they can with, uh, you know, how America allowed them to do. Well, I think you're unique in that you came from something entirely different. Freedom was defined in a very different way in, in Vietnam. Could you talk a little bit about absolutely. your story? Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Eric. So uh, my dad served alongside the American during the fall of Saigon. And then uh, after later, he was captured, tortured, and then released. And then that's when we escaped from the communist regime in Vietnam. And uh, before my dad left, he heard, uh, uh, he actually had a dream of a man in white uh, coming to him saying, you must believe in me. You must leave Vietnam. You must believe in me. At that time, our family were ancestor in Buddhist, uh, Buddhism, and we didn't know God, but he said, God, if you're real, protect my family from Vietnam to America safe, and I'll worship you. And so he hid us underneath his fishing boat. My mom was eight months pregnant with my younger sister, 
my uh, older sister, my twin, uh, two twin younger brothers, myself underneath the fishing boat. And he took us out in the early morning, uh, middle of the night. And so uh, in three days, we ran out of fresh water. But thank God the oil tanker took us in, the German oil tanker took us in, give us food, water supplies, and then sent us over to Thailand refugee camps. And there we seek asylum the right way. We waited our turn. And um, the condition of the refugee camp is completely different than what happened at our southern border. Um, the refugee camp, people were fighting for spoiled food and fresh water to survive. I was, I remember sleeping on dirt ground, you know what I mean? Versus here at the southern border, um, they have, you know, uh, beds, uh, they have hot shower, they have food, they have diapers for their children. They even have center to educate their children. Now, the crazy thing is uh, AOC and the squad talking about how bad American uh, treat the illegal immigrant at the southern border, but that's a lie. She knows nothing of how gracious America treat, you know, other people that coming in. So that's a slap in my face and a slap in all Americans face, basically. So I cannot wait to debate her on the House floor. <laughs> well, I think that would be worth watching. <laughs> so, yes. One of the things that I that I hear, I have a lot of friends that are first generation Americans. And one of the things they say is that. In their home country, they couldn't just be anything they wanted to be. They couldn't just here's my dream and I can make it happen. Absolutely, Eric. That's correct, because it, it is a communist regime. Uh, you, you don't have the freedom. Uh, we have no freedom to bear arms. Let me tell you, that's a one thing we don't have. Uh, we don't have the freedom to vote. So that's why voting is so vital and essential and important to voice our opinion and, and who we want to be elected. So, um, you know, in any dictator country, if you think about it, like communist Vietnam, communist China, uh, communist North Korea, uh, none of them can go back to a republic or a democracy, right? Likewise, look at the closest to us, Venezuela, right? It is a socialist country. Do you think they will ever go back to a thriving nation? No. Uh, uh, not unless the they change government. A dictator. Yeah. Right, right. Unless you get rid of that government, right? right? But it's really hard because the power belongs to them, the elite. So therefore, they would not give it up willingly unless they fight for it, right? Uh, with bloodshed. Now, if you think about it, it's really hard. So that's why I feel like America, we're at the beginning stage of communism, uh, whatever you want to call it, socialism. But it is a stage, beginning stage, and we cannot afford for it to be full force in communism because by then there's no way of coming back or even full force socialism like Venezuela. So that's why as American, we must get involved in this primary 2020 election because our voice matter. We have to go out in numbers to vote to tell the people, you know, we are done with the elites. We're done with the rhino establishment. We're done with the socialist leftists because behind closed doors, they serve the same master. They're selling us out to the highest bidder. Mm -hmm. We have we have, have enough. We're not going to have it anymore. They have destroyed our family unit. They have destroyed our children education. They have destroyed our businesses. And we're we're done. We're done. And so that's that's how we're going to show them 
our voice by going out and vote. And it is my job as a uh, um, candidate for Congress to make sure we secure the votes. So uh, the people's job is just to go out and vote. So I have a suggestion. I know you have people in your campaign staff, and I know how you have staff that, that work for you. On the final yes. day, some of them might consider being poll watchers. Like maybe mm-hmm. you, they've done all they can. They don't need to make any more phone calls for you. Maybe they can go watch the polls because a lot of games happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. We have to be a well-oiled machine or else we won't, you know, we, we won't be able to secure the votes. So we're getting everyone right now. What we're doing as our campaign, we have two more months before the absentee ballot. It's mail out on May 9th. Uh, and then May 28th, these are the important, crucial dates. May 28th is when early voting happened. So I encourage everyone to bring their friends, their family, and their neighbors and everyone out on May 28th. And then June 7th is the last day to vote, basically, the election day. Well, so um, from now until May 9th, we're having people making phone calls. We're having people uh, doing door hangers. And then as it gets closer, of course, on um, April, in the middle of April, we're getting people getting ready to collect absentee ballot, the churches to get involved, because I believe, honestly, as a Christian woman myself, that the body of Christ, as God commissioned us to be the beacon of light to the world in this dark world. And how do we do that unless we stand up and defend righteousness, defend uh, babies, you know, who are being slaughtered, Right. Depending, defending religious freedom. So as a church, the body of Christ get involved, getting candidates, uh, electing candidates who are conservative, who are pro-life, who are pro-religious freedom and pro-constitution. I think that's vital. That's another way as the church can get involved and be that light. Well, and I understand that ballot harvesting is legal, and sometimes that's the only way you can get somebody to vote. But I would encourage everybody to vote in person if there's any way. If, Absolutely. If you can, That's if you can offer a friend. Or, people as well. If you can offer a friend a ride as opposed to you'll take their ballot, that's even better. Go down there with them to the polls. Absolutely, Eric. And that's what I, I mentioned first is to go out on the 28th, bring as many friends, neighbors as possible with you. But as we know, um, the GOP has been encouraging people uh, to mail out their absentee ballot here in Orange County. I don't agree with that because I don't trust uh, the absentee ballot been, be mailed through because we've seen in the past where it goes to, you know, it's like lost somewhere in space. Um, so we don't trust it. Uh, I'll vote matters. So that's why it's so important to go in person. But if the church want to get involved and those who want to collect the absentee ballot, we as our, our office uh, and our staff will come and pick up the absentee ballot. But first and foremost, we encourage everyone to go in person and vote on the 28th. Well, absolutely. Uh, one of the reasons why I'm concerned about absentee ballots is because that means that now not only does it usually have to go through the mail, but let's say even if you took it directly to your register of voters office, they still have to open that ballot. Now mm-hmm. there's one more chance for one more in person to touch that ballot they could claim that you know there's a smear on it literally a smear on your ballot and then they have to do what they call adjudicate it which means you now have to trust somebody 
you go vote in person and you feed that ballot in yourself, it is the safest way to preserve your vote. Absolutely. Absolutely. Here's a question that I I sometimes ask. Can you tell me about something you failed at? Because I I think that... Something I fail at? (laughs) Yeah, because let's... Be truthful. All of us fail. Yes. And what lessons Absolutely. do we take from it? That's why I love that question that you asked that, because through failure, we become better. Uh, if you look at, you know, Einstein, he failed many times before he, he made electricity, right? And so that gives us hope and courage, because if you think of any entrepreneur and business owner as well, they fail many times to become successful uh, because they learn. And uh, when you fall, you become stronger. And I feel like doing our failure, we get purified, right? We analyze, we, we analyze where our um, strengths are and our area opportunity and make it into our strength. And so, um, of course, in life, I feel like, you know, I fail many times, you know, with a different, you know, kind of career path to, you know, I feel like, you know, if we fail in like, this is, let me tell you, this is what I do all the time. Every night I take inventory of my action, my life, how, what I did good, what I did well today, and then what I can do better tomorrow. So if it's like something I assess, so that's why it's important to take inventory, assess your life every day, because that's how we can grow as a human being. You know, maybe uh, today I can say, hey, I can treat this person a little better. I can do this a little better. I can say this a little better. I can not assume, you know, I can maybe slow to speak, slow to become anger, you know, mm-hmm. and quick to listen. Uh, that is a very important message, as God says in the Bible to do. And I, I do that all the time and live purposefully. And I teach my children. We have three boys. They're 10, 8, and 6, and we teach them constantly to live a purposeful life. And how does that look? How does that play out practically? And so for them, I teach them to look in their um, student, that their, their peers' eyes, also as adults, uh, look at their eyes as well, because the eyes are the window to the soul. And so that's how you can be compassionate. You can be gracious to people. So that's, that's what I teach them to do. This is Eric Rollins, the Constitutionalist, here on 1550 KXEX, the best talk in town. This is Eric Rollins, the Constitutionalist, here on 1550 KXEX, the best talk in town. Today, I am joined by congressional candidate Amy Fan West. She is a first-generation American, a mom, and I believe a patriot. So, where do you stand with the Constitution? Yes, I know that I that's the, I purposely said that in a very broad, broad. Oh, can you hear me? Okay. I can hear you. Okay. Okay. So I am a constitutionalist. I value free speech. And when I talk to my constituent on the ground, even the Democrats, and um, I tell them I'm defending their freedom of speech to, to say that they don't like me and it's okay because they have every right to, to say that. So I'm defending their speech, which they, they call a hate speech, right, to us when we speak against um, their agenda. So I defend that. That's very important for us to, as a free nation, free thinker, we, we have to be able to speak our mind. And then when we speak our mind, 
uh, it helps us to evaluate each other's speech, uh, evaluate to, to correct if needs be, or to say, I agree, right? Uh, or sometimes we agree to disagree and it's okay. Uh, so that's the first amendment. Second amendment, as you know, is the freedom to bear arms. It's very important to me. As you know, I escaped from a communist regime. We don't own guns over there. And if we don't comply with the government, we get shot or buried alive because none of us can defend ourselves. And uh, so that's one thing I value and I will defend the second amendment and I will uphold it so we can defend from intruders coming into our house, but not only that, but from the government intruding on our freedom. From tyrannical government, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, look what happened in Australia. Absolutely. They got rounded up. Their freedoms got completely stomped on, and it's because Mm -hmm. they didn't have that backup, that Second Amendment. Um, I think that things would have went a little differently, and politicians would have thought, oh, we can't just bully people however we want because we have all the guns. We have all the power. I think that's part of what makes this nation so unique. Coming back to the First Amendment, I think just as importantly, we saw what happened, particularly in California, with freedom of religion. Mm-hmm. You know, the governor said, you can't sing in church. You can't attend right. church. Now, he lost a lawsuit about that. But mm-hmm. what's wrong with all of these churches that just complied? Right, right. The, the first... um, I think we are living toward the end end of days in a way, the end time. We're living closer to the end time than ever, Eric. As a believer, that's what we believe we see and we, we see the season, right? That's what God tells us to do, to look at the season. And we are living in those times. And I think um, God is saying he's shifting people to see who are goats, who are sheep who are wheat and who are, you know, so basically the good and the bad, right? He's shifting us out to see. And a lot of Christian during the COVID lockdown, I feel like uh, their leaders um, comply with Gavin Newsom requirement uh, because they, number one, they don't want to get involved and go against the government or they just don't know much, you know, and, and they're intimidated. Um, but the thing is that as Christian leaders, God says those leaders have stricter judgment, right? And I would not want to be at the end of that stick, right? Uh, on that judgment day. Um, that's why it's important for leaders to rise up, pastors, uh, to stand up for what's right, defend righteousness, even though it costs us something, because God says, uh, pick up the cost, uh, the cross and follow me daily, meaning it costs us something. You know, it's painful. And uh, when you're leading a congregation, you're leading the people, you must work harder to do what's right, you know, to please God, not to please men. And I think many times uh, the churches, if they're weak, that's what they do. They comply. Um, It's sad because I realize also in a way it's it's a blessing, Eric. And this is I'll tell you why, because many Christians woke up, right? The, the sheep woke up and say, oh, my gosh, I realized the, the leadership, the pastor comply. And so I'm going to go find a church who actually can can shepherd me. Right. Can speak truth to it. And so where those churches were open, they were booming in Orange County, in California. And they just grow double, triple, even like a quadruple. Uh, their numbers of attendees. And so that's why it's exciting to see the church that's thriving during COVID because you know they were standing up for what's right. 
Well, I think that First Amendment church, but I think that the most important thing in the Constitution is the fact that we're granted rights, but we're granted rights in a particular way. And I think you know what that particular way is. Right. Who, who grants our, us our rights? Uh, rights are granted from God, yes. not the government. And so for the churches to be begging the government to worship God is ludicrous. You know, it's insane to me. Um, because never have we have to beg the government to worship God. That right comes from God for us to worship him. So when um, when I saw that, I was really disgusted at it because I'm like, no, that's wrong. That's mm -hmm. wrong. You know, we have the right to worship God. We should worship God and God would take care of the rest. But wait, there was a mandate. Isn't that more important? Right. Isn't that more important than God and our rights? Shouldn't we be sheep because the government told us to? You realize that's sarcasm. Right, right. I do. And the thing is, that it's sad because, um, you know, we need leadership that has the backbone uh, from, you know, pastor, also from leadership in government as well. We have realized in the last two years, our leadership are weak on every front, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, but those who are strong, who has a backbone, you realize that their church, their attendees, their followers grow in numbers. And that's what the people are seeking is strong leadership that can stand against the evil tyranny. And as you know, I escaped from the communist regime. I count the costs when I'm running for office. And I understand that the target's in my, on my back, but I don't care. Because doing what's right is more important to God. At the end of the day, we are held accountable by him. Now, this is an encouragement, but a warning to those in leadership as well from government, uh, starting with them, right? Because that's where I'm running for office is uh, the higher office, right? If they are elected member, they are allowing a sex trafficking to go through the southern border, knowing that they could stop it and close the border, but those children are um, sex trafficked through day in, day out, being raped on their voyage to the border. And yet they can close up, but they choose not to. Shame on them. And not only that, they allow drugs, fentanyl and opioids to go through the border to kill our children. And I have talked to uh, parents on the ground here. They are livid, they're upset, they're furious that, they haven't closed the border drug. They have to bury their children before their time. No parents have to go to that. That is unacceptable. As a mother of three boys myself, I never wish that on any parents. So for them to allow that, and then also for the foster care, for, for the children to be sex trafficked through, to be raped, that's unacceptable under their watch when they can uh, um, reform, you know, uh, foster care system and to close the border, but they choose not to, you know, like God says, everyone will one day meet the maker, right? Mm -hmm. The judgment. And I do not want to be at that end of that judgment. So this is a warning for those who consider themselves to be a Christian. I don't care if you're a Democrat, Republican, but you are a part of this. There's blood on your shoulder and you will be accountable for that. And killing, murdering children, unborn children in the wombs, that is unacceptable when you have the ability to stop that as an elected official, but you choose not to. Blood are on your hands.
And this is a time where you can repent and ask God to forgive you. And he will, he will forgive you. But if you choose not to, and your excuse is this, I'm just following protocol, then you must step down. You must step down. You have no right to be in leadership because we need leaders who have a backbone, who, who will not bend, who will not break under pressure, but who will do what's right and pleasing to God, no matter what the cost is. And that's the leadership we need nowadays more than ever. Well, just because there's a, a final reckoning, and I believe there is, um, doesn't mean that we don't have an obligation to act in the here and now. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why my message today for those in leadership, they have the ability to change things because they're in a leadership position. They can, but they choose not to. If they choose not to, they got to be held accountable, but they can change. And that's my hope for them is that they do what's right. Well, let's hope. But in the meantime, we have to act. And if that means pushing some people out of the way, if it means doing uncomfortable things like running for an office, I'm sure it would be a lot simpler life to simply just take care of your boys. Absolutely. It <laughs> is so much easier to run my business, you know, take care of my family, enjoying them, living the American dream. But, you know, evil prevail when good men and women stand by and do nothing. And it is time that we rise up and do something about it and defend our children because our children don't have a voice. Look at what happened during the Super Bowl, right? All the elites didn't even wear a mask. Yet the day after when our children go back to school, they were forced to wear a mask. And if they didn't wear a mask, didn't comply, you know what happened to them? They were segregated, intimidated, and isolated into the cafeteria of shame. That is unacceptable. No children have to be bullied in that way, you know, of intimidation to comply. And our uh, educational system, our leadership, our staff and teachers, administration are doing that to our children. It is disgusting. It is beyond disgusting. That's why parents should be pissed. They should be pissed. Um, I was at a school board meeting last night. I go to two different district school board meetings because I have connections to both. And Good kinda, for you. And I kind of live in a, in, a, in a spot that's kind of on the border of both. So I have family. I have friends that have kids in both districts. One of them, there's some hope. The other one is bottom 5% in the nation. And when I gave my speech saying, what's the plan to bring kids up to reading level, bring kids up to math levels, you know, because they're graduating high school with elementary grade levels. Mm. So they're not prepared to go out and have a real job. And I don't expect an answer. Here's the key point. For Fresno, we had... Five ladies that happened to decide that during my two-minute speech, it was more important to check their phones than actually hear what I had to say for two minutes. Now, I called them out on it during that, but that's the kind of school district that we have. And those kinds of things have happened because we've been asleep. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. COVID has been And Eric, a... you're right. Right. And that's the problem on every front right now. Um, You know, the school board to city council, state representative, you know, who are passing bills, you know, gutting it out. Likewise with federal. And it's, it's disgusting. Our nation is so broken on every level. Not only that, but our central committee as well, our mm-hmm. GOP. 
in and of itself is broken. So I am elected central committee member and I sit on that committee and I've seen the corruption, how they're scratching each other's back. And they understand that during this 2022 election, they know that there's going to be a rave wave in this primary and in this November election. So they're capitalized on this and endorsing rhino establishment career corrupt politician on every level of office. And so that's why as the people, the grassroots effort, the we, the people and for the people, by the people must rise up and say, hell no, it's in the Bible, hell it's in the Bible, <laughs> that we're not going to allow that to happen. You're not going to put in your rhino establishment because the end of the day, you guys are no different than the Democrats. No, they're playing. They're playing it like it's two different teams. And the but it's not. No, it's not. It's. Both parties should stand for values, and if those candidates don't represent those values, why would you have them in elected office? Why would exactly. you ever vote for one of them? Exactly. That's my my job is in this coming because, I mean, central committees every four years they get elected. So um, by the time I get into office, I'm going to be training parents to run for their local central committee, uh, basically assemble assembly district. So in that way, I will help them walk, you know, their district and get them elected because we need new leadership in our central committee. Uh, and then you're starting not from alone. there, we branch out. You're not alone. Um, pretty much everybody I talk to is not happy with their Republican Central Committee. California's right. Central Committee is flawed in the leadership at the top. Jessica Patterson, yes, I'm calling you out. I'm not impressed. You talk a good game, but your actions don't please me at all. And the grassroots is coming for you, Jessica. You need to go. Right. And we that's me saying that. You don't have to say that. On every level. No. On every level, we need strong leadership. I'm and, gonna sh- um, you know, leadership is leading from the front. How do we find ways to win seats, right? How do we find way to preserve our liberty, our republic? And how do we find way to preserve our constitution? That's the mindset of a leader. That's what they be thinking about. And how do we put candidate in that? that stand for those values, not because I, you scratch my back. Now, therefore I scratch your back. That's a wrong mindset. That's not leadership at all. No, that's crony capitalism or, or cronyism anyway, I mean, not necessarily mm-hmm. capitalism. I wanted to get into some issues. Um, where do you stand on mandates? Oh, I'm against it. You know, the government should never mandate uh, any vaccine because that is the job of, the personal decision between them and their doctor and their family. It should never be the government telling them what to do. You know, what's the sad thing? I'm always up in Fresno with the Turning Point USA kids speaking on their behalf, standing with them against the vaccine mandate up and down the state of California, because it's unfair for them to lose their education because they choose not to get a vaccine. That is wrong. This is America. It's not a communist regime. Did we forgot about that? It it just frustrates me that in a free nation, a free thinker, um, in a free world, that we have to lose an education because we didn't get a vaccine. That's ridiculous. Well, the left used to stand for individual rights, and now it's all about group rights and 
because their group has decided that this is how we should all behave, they think that's what should happen. And I believe in individual freedom and choice. Oh, Absolutely. what about inflation? What do we do? Is there is there a solution? You know what? As a small business owner, I believe that small business are the bloodline to our district, but also our economy. If we allow them to be successful, then they will be thriving. And when they're thriving, our economy is thriving. But under this Biden administration, they want to get rid of the middle class, get rid of small business, as we see in the last two years, right? Mm -hmm. Most small business cannot survive during the lockdown of COVID. And then all this mandate, all this restriction, it's just unbearable. They're, They're losing their business. But not only that, those small business who survive could not find people to hire. They don't want to work. Because under this Biden administration, they pay more to stay home than to work and to produce laziness. That's not how this nation was formed. We are inventors. We are creator. We make things. So I want to continue to allow this nation to thrive and to create things, to invent things, because that's why we're so great. So um, we have to change that ASAP. I, I don't see our nation moving forward. Uh, I don't see our children having a future if we continue to go down this path. What about homelessness? What do we do? Oh, man. Homelessness <laughs> is another issue. Look, I just realized I'm looking through uh, as, as your next congresswoman. The, our job is to pass the budget, but not only that, but to take inventory of all the budgets that have been passed. Right. There's one budget that passed, like, I think, five, six years ago regarding uh, the tent initiative in California. So every year, Congress give ten million to the state of California to help the homeless problem with the tent initiative. But there's no accountability. We don't know what happened to it. The homeless is still on the rise, right? right? So my job as the next Congresswoman is to take inventory of those bills that's passed and then redirect it and see how we can find solutions to fix the homeless problem. Throw it. Basically, they're putting band-aids on all of this issue and it doesn't work. You have to nip it in the butt. As parents, that's what we do. We nip things in the butt uh, and that's how we address the uh, situation. So um, that's what I will be doing when I get that seat. I also sign on to term limits, meaning six years for Congress, um, eight years for U.S. Senate. And during my six years, when I get that seat, that's what I'll be doing. You know, of course, passing budget, but taking inventory of all the budget that's passed. Well, uh, what about crime? What do we do? You know, our, our well, president wanted, to, def- wanted to define. To yeah, go ahead. We, I'm, I'm sorry, go ahead. Um, well, our president decided that, you know, all of a sudden during the State of the Union that, oh, he was pro-police. You know, he did a, a thorough 180. I'm so glad he saw the light, except I don't believe it. That's correct, Eric. Your assessment is correct. It's all a lie. It's a show. He doesn't believe in funding the police. He's just saying it to get votes, to get numbers, because he knows his election's coming up. And um, it's a shame. Uh, That's why I feel like the Democrat leadership, they lie all the time. But uh, and backstabbing. But not only that, I realized the rhino establishment do the same thing as well. They're no different. And so, um, you know, that that's the part of politics. It sucks. It's dirty. It's evil. But we need good people to run in office to change that tie. 
And um, it takes a lot of effort and work. That's why it's important for your audience to be able to support us, either making phone calls, knocking on doors if they're locally, or chip in any amount to help us. This is Eric Rollins, The Constitutionalist, here on 1550 KXEX, the best talk in town. This is Eric Rollins, The Constitutionalist, here on 1550 KXEX, the best talk in town. Today, I am joined by Amy Fan West. She is running in the in Orange County, kind of the coastal area, so a lot of those beach communities. So she is blessed to live down there. And the reason I had her on is because I think she brings a unique perspective as a first-generation American. Uh, I am thrilled to see that a community that has not been very politically active, the Asian community, and and that's painting with a broad brush because you. It never applies to individuals, but I, I'm pleased to see that we're starting to see somebody different that is standing for American values. Welcome, Amy. Thank you so much, Eric. And you know what? Uh, we need to be solution-based candidate and elected official. That's the problem we have in America is they become career politician and they end up pocketing for themselves on the back of the taxpayers. And uh, as Americans, we're not having it anymore. As you know, I mentioned that. And that's the reason why I'm running for Congress. And uh, we... I. I am basically, as a mother, wife, small business owner, when I see a problem, I want to fix it. And, and that's what I want to do is to fix it and get and bring out solution, right? So what I promise, I kind of mentioned earlier, Eric, is that I've signed on to term limits. Term limits is another way to keep accountability, check and balance to the people. Uh, six years for Congress and eight years for U.S. Senate. And then not only that, one thing I promised my constituent and the American people is when before I go into vote, there are bills that I'll be voting for. I will inform my constituent and the American people on those bills. And then I want their input. And then once they give me input, I go to vote. I'm going to come back to the people after I vote and say, these are the reasons why I voted the way I did. And I want them to know that I am accountable to them. And they can give me their input and how it affecting them because it's important. It's a two-way street. And that's how it's supposed to be. Our elected official is, is called public servant. They're supposed to serve the people and, a, and that mutual dialogue. But yet they've lost their way. Yes. They become a dictator. They become a tyrant. Passing bill, getting it bill, uh, out in the last minute, and then us, counting on us parents to be busy with our work, with our jobs. But not only that, busy taking care of our children, that, that we don't have time to do research. So they're banking on that. So in that way, they pass bill. And when they pass it, it's too late for us. And we're scrambling and try to call them and say, what are you guys doing? You know, why are you passing this bill? And it's by then it's too late. So that's why it's important. That's one thing I can do for my constituent and the American people and the people of California. Well, since you have three boys, I assume that. You want a better future for them. Absolutely. When you talk to them about what their potential and what their futures it is, could be, what do you say? You know what? I told them the reason why mommy's running is because so I can defend the children because they can't defend themselves. They have no voice. 
And so that's the reason why I have to make it practical for them to understand. And that's a part of it is because I'm defending the voiceless. And for them, I encourage them to continue to defend the voiceless. When they see kids who are bullying other kids, they stand up, they speak out, they defend what's right. You know, teaching them at this young age is so vital that we want them to be good human beings, to give back to society. And that's what we need to raise, not a generation of brats, right? Of, of like saying, I deserve everything, entitlements, right? We have tons of those running around, right? So it's time that we change that narrative, teaching our children to be better for the society. Well, absolutely. That's I don't have kids myself, but that is why I go to school boards is because of their future. Thank you. Absolutely. And I'm happy that you're doing that. Every one of us have a way of affecting our society. So we have to do what we can, because that's what God called us is to give our best, not Amy's best, not Eric's best, but our best that God has called us to. And at the end of the day, that's all we're accountable to and for. Another way that people can give, if you're not interested in in helping in politics, you can still go out and volunteer for good causes. Uh, For years, I worked at a boy's home. Wouldn't take that time back for anything. It's precious to me. And I, I hope that I, at least I did my best to help change those boys' lives as by, by being kind of a mentor and an example. All of us need to step out beyond ourselves and help in those ways. That could be politics. That's what I'm currently doing. I'm not at the boys' home anymore, which is kind of sad, but I was not willing to abide by their COVID rules. So... Awesome. I let it go, but I'm doing all kinds of other things now. Good, good. And that's, you know, every season is different for all of us. Uh, We just enjoy the process, the good and the bad, and just let God mold us and grow us and make us better uh, and to give back. And I think, you know, the other thing I would do too is to partner up between uh, the public sector and the school system. So in that way, they can give back to each other, uh, but to incentivize them to to get involved, you know, and I think that's very important that we have to do in that mentorship. And that's what I'm going to do a lot of uh, once I get that seat. Well, great. Well, for your audience of those who want to support me and join in this movement to save America, but not only that, to fight for our children, please follow me and join me at amyfanwest.com, fan, as P-H-A-N, west.com. There they can sign up to volunteer or chip in any amount, $10, $20 to help this movement. And thank you so much again, Eric. And thank you for your audience. I want to say God bless you. May God bless your family and may God bless the United States of America. Amen to that. Now we have about two minutes left. I know that you're also on social media. So same name and and what, what places? So I'm on uh, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, even TikTok as well, because we need to reach the younger kids, right, with our conservative message. And I've been getting tons of traction on TikTok, and they are the future generation. We need to reach them as well. So I'm on all platforms, social media. So just go to amyfanwest.com on Twitter and Instagram will be at amyfanwest.com. It's uh, amyfanwest, I'm sorry, just my name. And then Facebook is amyfanwest as well, just my name. 
Well, um, I much appreciate you spending this time with me. I want to tell you that I'm, I met this woman because of her driving, what is it, four and a half hours, five hours up here to yeah. Fresno to defend our local college students' right to not be mandated, the right to not be vaxxed and attend school. So she believes in religious freedom and is willing to put in the time and the effort to come help others. That's why I wanted to highlight her today. Any final thought? We've got about 40 seconds. I just want to uh, encourage uh, the American people, parents to rise up. This is our time. This is our generation to leave a legacy and uh, let's fight for our children and let's defend them at all costs and our freedom. Um, That's what we have to do. And we must do it now before it's too late. God bless you and God bless your family. Well, Amy, I thank you for sharing this time with me today. This is Eric Rollins, the Constitutionalist, here on 1550 KXCX, the best talk in town. 